Hey guys, Tom the editor here. Quick note on this Crunch Punch podcast. This episode was recorded before the professor became the substitute teacher and drove for Jamie Davis. And before Jamie Davis rolled into the turn two wall and slid on his roof for what felt like an eternity. So if you're tuning in to hear about those experiences, sorry guys, we recorded this one a couple days before that Friday night. That being said, great conversation for you. So let's get to the episode. Welcome to another episode of the Crunch Bunch podcast. I'm your host, Al the Professor Maynard. The Crunch Bunch is a production of Uncommon Media and powered by Goss Dodge Chrysler Ram Jeep on Shelburne Road, South Burlington, Vermont. The number one Ram dealer in New England. Check out their selection today, in person or online, and tell them the Crunch Bunch sent you. If you'd like to hear more about how this crazy Crunch Bunch venture came to be, check out episode 20 on the Uncommon Deeds podcast. While you're there, enjoy the rest of the amazing conversations our friends Tom and Justin have put together for you. Today, we're coming to you from a different dealership, and that's okay. Uh, we're coming to you from Lamoille Valley Chevrolet uh, with our guest, Jamie Davis. Uh, he just bought our go-kart program and <laughs> did all that recently, and so um, I know he's got a lot to talk about, not just for him, but uh, for the rest of the family also getting into this racing thing. So, um, introductions. Jamie Davis is the 2015 and 2017 Thunder Road Street Stock Champion and has an incredible 13 feature wins at Thunder Road. You remember all 13? Uh, yeah. There's a few of them <laughs> that I should have won. And I we always won the ones two. we threw away, right? I remember those too, yeah. Those are the ones we remember we threw away. Um, and he's only one of three people to win multiple championships in the street stocks at Thunder Road, the others being Tim Martin in the mid-90s and Joe Small in the mid-2000s. So you're in pretty rare company there as well. Um, he's twice received the Eddie Carroll Sportsmanship Award, first in 2010 and then again last year. Uh, this puts you in really rare company as well on that one with Gary Mullen, Mike Martin, and the late, our friend, Super Joe Fecto. Yeah. And so I, I, I've been doing the research, and Justin will probably figure this out better than me, but I don't know if anyone had multiple championships and multi-Eddie Carroll Sportsmanship Awards. So you might be the only one that's I done both I, those I things. I that's a pretty cool, rare company to be in, and when we talk about people's major accomplishments, they usually talk about sportsmanship yeah. awards and stuff yeah. like that, and there are very few people that have done it twice, so that's really cool. Um, so, hey, so we're here. How are you doing? What's what's new? Uh, been busy. Very busy with work. <laughs> uh, that's a good thing. My normal is. job, side work. Um, my wife's after me about getting this go-kart thing going oh, for yeah. my, my little girl. She just turned uh, five. Um but she's a little short. I wanted to adjust the pedals, and I got looking at you know the all the adjustable stuff in it, and I'm like, "Honey, I don't think your legs are long enough because I've adjusted everything, and her feet still don't touch. So hmm. I don't know if we're gonna have to you can do block some those kind pedals of, or do something. Too. Yeah, and her legs are so short where the gas tank sits. Her her right leg lays on the tank, ah, and she like <laughs> has a hard time. So I don't. She might have to wait a year until she grows a little bit more. But um, no, it's been uh, just been busy just. In generally life, you know, mm. so yeah, and and that's that can be a good thing, right? Yeah. You, you, there's plenty yeah. of people that um, don't have a lot going on, and that seems pretty boring. Yeah, <laughs> so oh, yeah, I mean, so you've got a lot going good. on. You know how it is. So. I do. 
I do. I do, I do, yeah. Between coaching and all the other craziness, there's always something going on. Yeah. So. Well, we like to start um, these conversations, and they really, I hope they come across as conversations with uh, quick hitters. So they're just simple questions to kind of get us warmed up. And uh, these are brought to you by Barry Tile. Uh, Barry Tile and Barry Vermont for your flooring needs. Check them out and let them know the Crunch Bunch sent you. So the Barry Tile, Tile quick hitters. Uh, start with favorite food. Well, I got, I don't know, I got, I got a few of them. Mm-hmm. It's weird. I like pizza. Mm-hmm. But the, the weird thing is I like salads. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my wife thinks that's weird as heck because I'm, I'm a guy and I like salads, but I try to keep myself somewhat healthy, you know? Sure, <laughs> sure. So salads and pizza. <laughs> so if you had a salad, like, would it just be plain or they like something on Ah, chicken salad. Yeah, you know, okay. just grilled chicken on a salad. And sure. Caesar dressing, that's probably my favorite, so. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. No need to apologize. <laughs> And your wife might be right. You might be weird. And that's yeah, okay, I, too. Oh, I am It might have nothing to do I with I am food. weird. I've heard that before. <laughs> oh. So, do you listen to music? Yeah. I mean, I like... I kind of listen to anything. You know, I like... Um, I grew up listening to country music. I grew up on a farm. My grandparents raised me and stuff, so... Uh, I grew up listening to that, but I listen to Star 92.9. So, basically, anything that's on there. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes on the way to the races, if I'm by myself in the truck, I'll be jamming out to... Um, let's see, I'm trying to try to think what I've got. I like Sirius Satellite, so like um, yeah, which station? Like that? Uh, Hair Nation stuff like no? that. Sometimes okay. on the way to the races, I guess it all depends on what kind of mood I'm in. Sure. Um, Sirius Satellite, um, NASCAR channel. You know, listen to Dave Moody and them sure. guys. So of course. But um, yeah, pretty much open to anything, I guess. What do you opera. have? I don't like opera. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know till you try it. Yeah, kids yeah. like watching, listen to the kids <laughs> bop, and I listen to that when they're in the rig. So I'm okay with it. Yeah, you get used to it when you got a little kid. You kind of oh, yeah. listen to whatever the heck they want yeah. to. They really run the show sometimes. Uh, do you have like just a favorite band or something? If you're like on a deserted island uh, and you had like one CD, you're the CD era of humans, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, oh, maybe yeah. some cassettes, but probably CDs, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh yeah, um, I like uh, Brantley Gilbert on the countryside, and then um, um, let's see, I like this is weird because I like Brantley Gilbert, but I like Buck Cherry. And you know who that is. Yep. So I like listening to some of that stuff. So probably if I had a choice and I was on an island, that's probably what I'd have. I'd have some of both sides. So. All right. Well, we'll allow it this time. Yeah. <laughs> pick two things. Um, what about your favorite place that you've ever been? Um, I don't travel very far. That's a thing, that's a thing about me. Uh, since I've met my wife, she likes to travel everywhere. So um, we've been to... North Carolina, Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, a couple different times, go down for a NASCAR race, and that's a nice area, you know. <laughs> driving down through like um, um, Virginia and down through that way to get down in the Carolinas and stuff. It's it's a nice area. So that's really probably the farthest I've gone from home. I like going to Maine. So I probably probably Maine would be my favorite. I like going to the going to the beach and stuff and hang out in like Ord Orchard and stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Um, that's a common place for people like it's yeah. funny from Vermont so yeah. not being from Vermont it seems like everybody from Vermont yeah. vacations at Maine yeah just jump kind in of a car thing. like four hours you're yep. there and, and you're at you the ocean a weekend of it and come home so what about so you say you haven't traveled much but what maybe a favorite place that you'd like to go well of course it has something to do with racing <laughs> I'd like to go to Eldora mm. my wife told me mm-hmm. how far that is away and I'm like I don't know I've never <laughs> flown before Never? So we're heading to Florida in in first uh, of October. So I got that's going to be on my bucket list. I'm okay. gonna check that off and we get to fly. But 
my wife said, well, there's no way we're going to drive to Eldora to, to watch a... I'd like to go down and um, watch, like, um, the World of Outlaw mm. uh, Dirt Late Models. I kind of find those interesting watching those on TV. So yep. they do a big thing down there and during the summer. So I'd like to go check that out someday, but it's probably it. <laughs> no, that would be cool. That's definitely on my bucket list for racetracks, yeah. and uh, that would be fun. So first flight, yeah, yeah. Be to Flor- where in Florida are you going? Uh, we're going to go to... We're going to go to Disney um, mm-hmm. with the kids... And my wife said we're going to be like a half hour, 45 minutes from Disney. I'm not sure what the town is, but mm-hmm. um, I know we're flying into Orlando. Yeah. I do know that. I know we're flying out of Burlington. So <laughs> I got the, the takeoff and the landing. I got that figured out. Other than that, she's kind of steering the ship on the rest of it. <laughs> yeah, and that's okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not let the her, plan let maker. Her, so. Let her do it all. <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> Just deer. Yeah. Just deer your way all the oh, way yeah. down there. The flying's not that bad. It's not as bad as, yeah. as it sounds. So this is kind of a trick question, but not really a trick question, um, and it's a very general run. But front wheel drive or rear wheel drive, and why? I've run them both. So yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. I think it's hard. Rear wheel drive. I mean, you know, you've raced rear wheel drive, and you've done both. <clears throat> rear wheel drive. They both take a different type of finesse. Well, the front wheel drive. If something happens, you can just mash the throttle and try to save yourself out of it with a rear wheel drive you know, obviously can't do that you gotta have a little more throttle control and feel for the car but I mean I've run I've run front wheel drive for so long it's probably you know that's probably right now in my life that's probably the most comfortable I'm in you know mm-hmm. I mean years ago I started out racing Enduros and I ran a rear wheel drive car for three years I ran a, a 81 Ford Fairmont with a 302 in it <laughs> yes. and to to Learn how to drive a rear-wheel drive on a racetrack, and enduro is a good place to learn because once that place gets wet, you know you're you learn the throttle control real quick of mm. what is too much and what's just right, you know. So, but I've run, like I said, I've run front-wheel drives for since. Oh my lord, this is going to show you how long I've been racing. I've been I've been running front-wheel drives. I started out running them in enduro cars like. Uh, I ran a bunch of years with like four Tauruses. You know, they were mm-hmm. good mid-sized car, front-wheel drive, V6. They had pretty good pep. That was 2002 or three. I started. That's the first one I ran. I went to uh, one year we ran the Thunder Road Enduro, and I ended up getting tangled up, spun out. It was pouring rain halfway through, and I watched sit in the infield, hooked up to another car, couldn't get away, just sat there and watched the last 20 laps. And I watched the front-wheel drives. I'm like, that's that's the way you need to go when mm-hmm. you're doing this stuff. And um, the next year we built a, a Ford Taurus I bought from Big Brendan Moody for like 100 bucks, <laughs> and ran that car like three years finished second I think twice with it um, up the Thunder Road but um, you know that's that's you know I've been running them for so long that's the most comfortable I'm in it, you know right now yeah. with them so well it's, the reason I mention it being kind of a trick question because is because you also have like a rear-wheel drive Ford Mustang. Oh yeah, it's like a pleasure car, which yeah. is kind of weird. Yeah, that's right? fun. To so your summer slide car. With, yeah. So you actually have a rear-wheel drive Ford Mustang. Yeah. You drive on the road, so yeah, you still get a little bit of. Oh yeah, action, it's, right? it's it's supercharged. It's got a lot of stuff done to it. It's about uh, between five ninety-two and six hundred at the at the wheels, mm. and uh, it don't take much. You know, trucks crash control off, and you can go around like uh, there's a couple of places where I got to turn onto some side roads. To avoid all this traffic down here from the construction, right, and they're paved, so like 
I make sure you know, if nobody's around, I give it a little extra, you know, and kind of drift it around there. And it, it's fun until mm. you hit something with it. But I haven't done that yet. So, <laughs> <laughs> wood, right? so yeah, that's why I say it's kind of a trick question because I know you, it's kind of funny because the rear-wheel yeah. drives, you pretty much just have Mustangs, but yeah. you'll race that. You, you drive around. Yeah, drive yeah. around town with that one instead yeah, so yeah. it's kind of the reverse of a lot of guys it's kind of funny um so we'll talk a lot about racing but tell us like what are some other things that you do like uh, tell us a little bit about your work we're here yep. at your work i was lucky enough to corner you and meet you here and they gave us some space it's kind of a break room you might have heard a guy come in and out the door yeah, <laughs> open yeah. and close yeah. the fridge but we're really lucky to be here i know it's one of your sponsors as well so um you know tell us a little bit about work and then what you kind of do in your spare time for play stuff like yeah that. um of course, I work here at La Lomo Valley Chevy. It used to be McMahon Chevy. I've mm-hmm. uh, been here 20 years. I do um, do a little bit of everything. I do. My job title is um, run the reconditioning department, but I also do accessories. Um, do some body work, um, you know, rusted out rocker panels and stuff, replacing that stuff. Um, I do undercoating, all snow removal in the winter time around here. Um, I do a lot of stuff, different stuff. Um, so I do that, and then um, I have a side gig too. I do uh, automotive undercoating, you know, same thing, rust repair and stuff on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and then uh, for pleasure, I used to like the snow machine, but I just don't have time for that. I got a sled that's been sitting for like five years, covered up, haven't touched it. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the turkey hunt, but the last couple of years I've been so busy in the spring, just haven't had a chance to do that, just because just I'm busy. Mm-hmm. But... Um, uh, hanging out with the kids and stuff. I get my two older kids are my daughter Brianna's twenty two. My son's uh, Garrett. He's gonna be he's gonna be twenty. He's in college. Um, so you know when they get to come over to the house and hang out. I got a stepdaughter. It's eleven. Oh no, sorry, she's twelve. And then we got a little girl that is um, five. So you know hanging out with them. I mean you know <laughs> kids say the darndest things. And, and my stepdaughter's kind of. You know, she's getting in the teenage age, you know, mm-hmm. so she's... I got one she, of those. She says funny things, but, <laughs> yeah. she, you know, sometimes her humor is pretty dry. Um, and then, you know, the five-year-old, she just says stuff, and, and you look at her, and you're like, where is some of this stuff coming up with? You know, like uh, this past weekend, she was camping with my um, my older daughter up in Randolph, and she wanted to go swimming in the pond, and my, my older daughter said, um, Brianna said, no, we're going to get ready to go home. This was on Sunday. She'd stay the night Saturday night. We're gonna get ready to go home. You're not gonna go swimming. So she's like, "Okay, let's play this. Let's play a game. It's called the Quiet Game. See who wins. You don't talk to me." And this is the five-year-old saying this. Hmm. And I got a picture sent to me. She's sitting there with these big sunglasses on, with her arms crossed, staring at the campfire, just sitting there, chilling out. And it's like, <laughs> "You're five years old. What's this gonna turn into when you get to be a teenager?" You know. So, <laughs> but you know, it's I, I, I try to hang out with the family as much as I can. Um, so that's that's the thing I like to do. Yeah, I mean, basically, I got a problem. I work too much, and you mm. know, and I try to juggle everything else around that. But so, well, racing always is. It's one of those things where, like I said, we'll get into it. But like having a supportive family is almost. Yeah. I mean, you can't do it without that. So. Oh yeah, yeah. So um, before we talk about that, what what's the first thing you ever remember driving? It doesn't have to be a car or even a race car. First thing I ever something. remember driving. Of course, I grew up on a farm. Yep. Oh, my Lord, I don't know how old I was. I must have been probably eight, nine years old. I remember driving a farm tractor um, around the farm. 
I think that's probably the that's probably the most. You know, it could have been something before that, but I, mm-hmm. I I vaguely remember that. I remember my grandparents. I don't think they knew I was doing it, <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, what are you doing?" And I was like, "Walking away from it." Oh, I'm just just driving the tractor around. And I'm pretty sure I was in trouble. It was a long time ago, but I'm pretty sure I got in trouble for that. But um, yeah, that's probably the first thing I drove. It was a I'm trying to think. It was like a Ford. It was a little dinky farm tractor they used for like nine N or something. Yeah, they used for hauling hay wagons around the farm and yeah. and and, uh, and stuff. You know, just a small tractor, but it was. It was, uh, I think that was probably the first thing. I, I remember watching my grandfather with it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I think I can. For some reason, I had this idea. I think I could. I can do that just from what I watched. And I, I did it. And I, if I remember right, I was in trouble for doing it. But, <laughs> but you did it uh, right. I so did it. Good. I did it. I got away with it for a little while. So. <laughs> well, what's, uh, well, you talked a little bit about how you got into racing, like through the Enduros. But yeah. Um, can you give some more details, maybe, and yep. then especially like how you landed in street stocks and yeah. So um, it was probably I'm trying to think. I might have been you know six, seven, eight years old. I remember my grandparents used to go all the time. <clears throat> my grandparents were I'm trying to think. My grand's f- folks, like it was their farm originally. They they knew Ken Squire's folks, Nana mm-hmm. Farm. So. Um, my grandparents, when I was before, I'm sure before I was even born, um, used to go to Thunder Road quite a bit, and then mm-hmm. they quit doing it. And I was probably like between six and eight, and I remember the first race I ever went to was the Enduro. My grandparents were like, "Oh, we're going to the races," and it was on a Sunday, and I went. And of course, you know, the Enduro being your first race to see, and you know how the Enduro is—it's just my favorite race. Hold on and go, <laughs> and I was like so amazed by yeah. how this turned out. So I was probably yeah. Between six and eight, that was the first, first race I went to, and I remember um, begging my grandparents to go back, and I think it was a week or two later, because my grandparents, they farmed, plus they both had other jobs. My grandfather logged. Um, my grand worked at a sewing factory over here in town. It used to be called QCS. She worked there 35 years sewing, you know, making clothes and stuff, mm-hmm. plus I did the farm thing. So I remember my, I remember begging about it, and my grandfather took me back a couple weeks later, and then that was basically... Every week we went to the races, and I remember that for a long time we went. I don't think we missed many races. My grandfather buy a season's pass, and they had the gold stars up by the tower, and he always had the same section he'd he'd sit in. And there was mm-hmm. a there's a kid. He's down south racing now. I can't remember his first name. His last name was Smith. He ran a late model up Thunder Road. He ran um, Allison Legacy cars and go karts. Mm-hmm. Um, he was just a little little kid. He was adopted. I think he came from like some big city um so he was adopted and his parents sat there so my grandfather became friends with them and, mm-hmm. and um I'm trying to think what his first name is now he's down south now i see stuff every once in a while on social media he's running like super late models and stuff and he's one of these development driver program things but so we sat there in the same spot just a couple rows down used to listen to dave moody all the time and stuff <laughs> and yep. and uh so that you know did that through uh you know, through my early years, and then uh, my dad tried to race for a couple of years, and the street stocks first went from, oh, it was a few years after they went from the V8 cars to the, the four-cylinders. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had like 50, 60 of those things, and he had a Ford Escort, and he raced one year against, um, um, it was, um, I'm trying to think, Wayne Waitina mm-hmm. was racing, um, uh, Archie Hodgson was racing, Barry Tatro, I'm trying to think. Pete Ainsworth was racing street stocks then. 
trying to think it was a bunch of guys of course now i don't remember so my dad raced for um mj gravel his dad marcel he mm-hmm. raced and richard yeah, both Yep. Um, so my dad raced against them for I think he ran one full year and the next year he ran a few times but you know he once again he was on the farm too so time was yeah. pretty slim so he did that and um, so I so he raced and I helped him I was like 14 years old I could get in the pits so I tried to help him and stuff and then uh, a friend of mine his father raced Barry Tatro he ran street stocks for a handful of years so um, I helped them for a couple years and then he raced a, an old Ford Thunderbird over to Riverside Speedway. It was um, a car that Ron Lowell raced in the Tigers way back in the day. He ended up buying that from, I think Pete Ainsworth had it. You know, it was basically a full floored car, kind of a V8 street stock type, type of thing. He ran the Strictly Stocks over to Riverside. I helped him one year over there and that was like, I think it was like 16. That was the year we built an enduro car. He helped me build it because they'd been racing. He had a pipe bender and all that stuff, and and um, he built an enduro car, and that was that was the beginning <laughs> of it. But so that's a long history leading up to it as a fan yeah. and kind of like seeing it and wanting to get involved. Yeah. So it was really just yeah. you saying, "I think that's cool, and yeah. I want to do that." Yeah, it looked like fun, you know. And, yeah. uh, you know, Jimmy Young, Claude Cross, Henry Cleveland, uh, Mark Barnier, way back in the, the V8 Street <laughs> Stock days. Yeah. Uh, Joe Steffen, uh, man, there was a ton of them guys. You know, mm-hmm. when I was a kid, I watched them, and I just recently found on YouTube a video somebody had of like 1992. Um, it was like two or three of the races, and I watched it, and I was like, man, I remember those cars, yeah. the big old boats they were running um, in the street stocks and stuff. Yeah, so cool. yeah, that was that was like the beginning of it for me. You know, going and watching, and yeah. I thought I had to try it, and 90. It was like 96 or 97. I think it was 97. We uh, built an enduro car and been either running enduros or warriors or street stocks or yeah. you know something ever since. So. Well, there's so many people that doesn't really stick with, right? Like they try it yep. and they realize like, well, this is freaking hard. Yeah, yeah. You get it the, takes a lot of time. Yeah. It takes a lot of money. It's all relative, I you, suppose, you with money. But tell who is uh, who is gonna. Who's going to stick with it? Who's not? Mm-hmm. I've noticed over the years, if you watch somebody, there's a lot of people that get into it and they're like, either they're, they're getting their feet wet, they don't know what they're doing, and you can kind of see the progression of getting mm-hmm. better, or if they're you know if they're not, you just know it's they're going to peter out. Mm-hmm. And you see some people that are they get into it and they're like dumping every dime they've got into it, and you got the big trailers mm-hmm. and all this stuff, and it's like, you kind of watch, and it's like, they might go somewhere, but they probably are just going to you know spend every dime they got, mm-hmm. and then they'll be gone. But you know, I'll show and no go. Yeah, it's interesting to watch. You know, um, you know, there's there's people like uh, Cooper Bouchard. You know, raced with us mm-hmm. just a few years ago. He was in street stock. Um, you know, there's there's people like you know that that they're a family deal. You know, yeah. Right now, what's going on is Caden Fisher. Yeah. You know, the history that his family's had at Thunder Road and everywhere. Right. And you know that's that's going to be something that's going to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. The whole family. It's a big you know big thing that they're all doing it together. So. I think if you got, and it doesn't always work that way. My wife, I mean, telling you, she, there's lots of times that she's sick of racing. But I think if you got, if you got some support behind you at home, hmm. I think you'll 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 go farther with it than you will if you're if you're just banging your head against the wall and yeah. trying to do it. You know, so yeah, that's super true. I mean, gosh, think of like you said, families, like yeah. the people that this is just what they do. 
right? And you know, like that's the cool, gravels. Like, that's what they yeah. do. They yeah. race. <laughs> they are racers. And, and, you know, like, that's, that's, and that's cool they, because that's you know that's what they like to do. You know, some people like to golf. Some people like to camp. But yeah. I mean, but that's the fabric that stitches like that family together. Yeah. Like, and so it's funny because I know. Well, I've seen right where racing kind of drives families it can drive them apart oh, because yeah. of the time right yeah, I've seen that. and then some of them it's exactly why they're together and so that's the other cool part yeah. about racing at yeah. least for me as i think about it for sure yeah there's, there's definitely some families up there that have been there a long time the don hughes mm-hmm. i mean i remember racing i remember watching sitting in the stands when i was a kid watching john and bill donahue way back in the 90s <clears throat> i don't know if they were tiger bees or if they were the v8 street stocks but i remember watching them guys now i mean now you look at them there john still dabbles in a little bit and now steven's just Most recently, <laughs> winning everything he's in. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it's there's a lot of families like that are, yeah. you know, just watch the generations. Yeah. And that's what that's what will keep local racing going. You know, yeah. Thunder Road's got its, it's got its own thing. It's a special thing. Um, and there's a lot of short tracks that around America you hear about or read about that are struggling. But there's, you know, Thunder Road's got a lot of families that have been doing it for a long time. So I think yeah. that will help keep the short track racing, at least around our area, going, you know. Yeah. So, well, speaking of Thunder Road, I mean, obviously that's where I met you, and I've yeah. known you from there. Um, we raced together, obviously. Um, did you race at other tracks? What other tracks you? I've been raced uh, Riverside. I've raced uh, White Mountain. I've raced uh, Canaan way back when it was the old asphalt track. I went over there. They have like a Triple Crown. Was that the yeah they had triple, crown, triple Crown? Yeah, or they had Triple that? Crown race over there. Yeah, I I, I, ran, I used to help Joe Facto a yeah. little bit, and we'd go over there and stuff. But I've run a couple of enduros over there. Um, I'm trying to think. I think that's it. So yeah, not. But mostly fun. I wanted to go to Devil's Bowl and they had their last uh, pavement race. Yeah. And I wanted to do that and something popped up and we couldn't go and they come to find out there was a whole bunch of people that went down. I think that would have been cool because that's kind of. I'm not. I gotta. I want to. I'd like to try dirt racing. I'd like. Mm-hmm. It just looks. It looks interesting to me because the track changes so much. I mean asphalt does, but the track changes so much even through the night. I'd like to try that. So, um, but the Devil's Bowl asphalt race i wanted to go down there just so i could say i ran devil's bowl mm-hmm. um you know airborne same thing i wish i'd gotten over there before they'd gone to dirt yeah. you know just to add those places i've been to you know so yeah. but yeah that's kind of it i guess yeah <clears throat> i've been I, I was devil's bowl asphalt with a rear wheel drive car we were testing tires for them once yeah it's just so much bigger of a track yeah that you realize like the gearing at least for us was so way off yeah um and then the front wheel drive well, when they were building that four-cylinder class, um, trying to build that up, I was down there with that. And it was just like, it's just a different ball game. It's cool to race different tracks. Yeah. So Groveton's very similar in my experience. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I've been to White Mountain helping people, but I don't think I've raced there. Yeah. It seems like it's similar, but maybe a little bit bigger. Yeah, I really like White Mountain, just because it's like Thunder Road. You know, Thunder Road, Riverside. You don't drive with two feet. You know, you're you're on and off the gas. You get that finesse. Or White Mountain, you got to ride the brakes getting in. You got to get that that rhythm of hmm. when to off the brake, being the throttle like middle of the corner and stuff. And I think that's interesting. I like I like doing that. You know, just because it's you've got more going on in the car. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, I really enjoy going in there. I haven't been only been like a couple times. Been over ten years since I've been there. Last year we talked about going, never made it. Uh, a couple years ago they had a street stock race for our cars over there. Mm-hmm. I think something ended up coming up, and I ended up working that Saturday. They're going to run the street stocks over there this end of the summer. They're going to take them over, so we're going to try to go over there without you know do mm-hmm. that. But. 
So, well, there's, there's still time then there you is. get over there. <laughs> well, what, you talked about racing on dirt and some other ideas you had. Um, obviously, you know Tom Curley's ladder system is a thing, yeah. and um, a lot of people have climbed it. We just talked about a bunch of them. Um, have you thought about? Hey, I like to drive a Tiger. Or, I see myself in a late model, and yeah. What kind of how that? How's your thought process around that? And thinking about the ladder system. Uh, well, I had an opportunity in I'm trying to think when it was 2015. It might have been. Um, Brendan Moody had a Tiger. He ran for years, mm-hmm. and Steve Mandigal used to be a tech guy. He's raced Devil's Bowl, Riverside, Thunder Road. He's raced all over the place. He ended up buying the car, and he said, you know, I'm just buying it to help Brendan. I think it was to help Brendan out get some money to get, get the car. That, yeah, I can't remember if it was a late model or if it was a Tiger that ended up um, being Jason Allen's car. I can't remember what it mm-hmm. was. but So he's like, I got this car. Would you like to try it? I was like, boy, I don't know. So he's like, I'll tell you what. I'll make a deal with you. If you want to drive it, there's a White Mountain 75 lap Tiger race coming up. And they were running slicks over the late model slicks at the time. Mm-hmm. He's like, we can try it. This is the date. So um, got a hold of Joey Becker because he was driving for Richard Green at the time. And so I'm just looking for some used tires. And I think I talked to Jason Corliss too. And Corliss had a few. Joey Becker said, yeah, come down to Enosburg, pick through a pile. So we found some tires. We may or may not have juiced them up a little bit <laughs> just to get it because they were rock hard, you know, sure. just, to, just to, so we could maybe have some traction, you know. Um, scaled the car with me in it. You know, it wasn't nothing fancy. It was black primer, the old old body he had, the old Monte Carlo body, black primer, duct tape numbers on it and stuff. And we were all ready to go. We scaled the car, had everything ready to go. And that Saturday morning, it poured like crazy. Mm. And they ended up canceling it, and they pushed it back to the following weekend, and we had tickets to Loudon. So I missed out on that. And then, so he says, uh, you know, if you want, I'll sell you the car. And I'm like, boy, you know, I don't know if my street stock budget will fund the <laughs> Tiger, especially if you wreck it up a few times, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had a deal kind of mashed out where he'd own the car, I would drive it. Um, and there's a guy here in the parts department, the parts manager, been here for years, Ed Davis. Ed said, you can do the deal. And I said, I'm not sure if I'm going to. He said, I'll tell you what. He said, if you're worried about the deal with you know Steve how about I buy the car you drive it and at the end of the year you can decide if you want to buy it or just go back to your street stock and we'll sell the car and I just got cold feet got mm. nervous you know didn't want to didn't want to get out there and for one tear it up all the time trying to get learn it you know tear other people up all the time trying to learn um, so I backed out on the deal and then uh, so that was in 2015. Of course, we won a championship. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, this might be, that might have been just, you know, the, it might have been just the thing. And then uh, I've had a couple other opportunities kind of come my way, but my wife told me that ship has sailed. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I'm going to run, I'll probably run, I'd like to try a Tiger car, but I'm probably going to run street stocks until, I hate to say it, until whenever, you know. Yeah. And then when I get done, you know, we just bought the go-kart from you guys. Yeah. My little girl wants to try that. My wife's after me about getting that ready. So it might be just step back and do the go-kart family thing for a while and see where that, where that goes. But You never know. She's you a little know. too wild. I think she... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no such thing, <laughs> Oh, man. my Lord. Oh, she's <sighs> so full of energy. I don't know. I'm just, I, I look at her and I'm like, boy... I'm almost nervous about putting her in that go kart because I don't know what she's going to do. <laughs> well, so. the good thing is if you run it at Thunder Road, that's a pretty tight little bull right Yeah, it is. Yeah. You don't get a whole lot of speed yeah. up. You can probably run about as fast as they actually go. But Yeah, yeah we're going to go check it out. I'd like to go up and check it out a couple times. Yeah. Just see what kind of interest she has in watching it. And then, you know, maybe. 
by the end of the summer, get her get her in it, maybe try it a couple yeah, times. Like so. her old man, went and washed a couple times, and then all of a sudden had to build a car, so she, I get it. She enjoys races. She loves going to the races. She has been uh, 2017. She was just a baby as a pitcher. We got a ginormous pitcher on the wall from the banquet. Um, my wife's, everybody's crouched down around the car and stuff, and because uh, we won the race, and you know, so they had all the pitchers and stuff. And she's just a baby. Hmm. Earmuffs on, sleeping. <laughs> she, you know, she's been going ever since she was a child. You know, just a baby. Um, even when she was born, she was born in Central Vermont Hospital. So we got all packed up, got ready to go, and we got down to get ready to pull off out of the parking lot. And I went down, got in the bypass, and she's like, or the belt line, they call it. Mm-hmm. She's like, "Where are you going?" I said, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna drive up by Thunder Road. I'm gonna show her where she's gonna spend a lot of her time." <laughs> so sure enough, we drove into the parking lot, just kind of turned around, and she's like, "You're." You're unreal, and the kid loves it. That's she awesome. likes the racing. She really enjoys going. So I don't know. We might be onto something. That's cool. <laughs> well, that's exciting. I mean, well, you talk about family, and yeah. um, that's kind of what ties together. Like you got kids that come up behind you, and they want to do it too. Um, yeah, we didn't go much past the go kart stuff, um, but it was uh, it was fun to yeah. do that with your kids. So that that's definitely something that I hope works out for you guys, yeah, and I'm sure you. it will. So. What's your fa- this might be a tough one because you've talked about a lot of history at the track, but what's your favorite racing memory? Boy, um, probably it's kind of a toss up. You know, obviously your first ever win in anything you're driving. Hmm. Um, I won the 2015. I won the Street Stock Special. It seemed like a lot of years we ended up finishing top three podium finishes. <laughs> For a lot of years it seemed like we always came out of there with a trophy and just. We might run really well, lead laps, and just kind of fade back to the top three, and it just seemed like it was never meant to be. And and we won that 2015, had a kind of an exciting pass, three wide for the lead, when the leaders got in lap traffic and kind of bowled and jammed through some cars and mm-hmm. got lucky enough to win. Um, but I don't know, it's it's one of those, it's a toss up between one of those two or my first, you know, first championship. If anybody wins a championship, they're lucky. Mm, you know, it's, hard. it's just a hard thing to do. And, <clears throat> And to be able to say I won two, um, the first one probably means more to me than the second one. Uh, very good friends with Joe Fecto. He helped me out a ton when I, when I first got into doing Warriors and Street Stocks and stuff. He had a two-car garage. He let me keep my car there, and we kind of helped each other a lot. Um, and then he passed away of cancer in July of, July of 2015. And we, he passed away. We went down to see him in Burlington. He was at the hospital and stuff the night before he passed away. Mm-hmm. The next morning, heard he passed away and stuff. We had a race that day at the track. So I went up there, of course, you know, really bummed out. You know, you just got that different type of drive in you, you know. Mm-hmm. Finished second that night. I was so beat myself up for finishing <laughs> second. Um, I almost think Justin St. Louis interviewed me. And I had a little a little thing about, you know, how bad I wanted to win it to dedicate it to Joe because he'd been – such a good friend and done so much for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, from basically, you know, we were running we were running well, um, but it was kind of up and down. We'd have some good nights, we'd run well, and then we'd get tore up or just have a bad finish. And it was kind of the point of right around the time Joe passed away, I started running, like, good every mm-hmm. week, every week. So I don't know if it was a, a you know, different drive in me just to try to – you know, do something to dedicate it because we won the championship. And I was all teared up. I mm-hmm. dedicated it to him because all the stuff he'd done for me. Sure. Um, but uh, that probably means the most out of everything I've done, just because of it was it just it was like a gut every week. You just gotta go out there and you know 
give it 110% every week. You should anyways, but it was just, it seemed like no matter what we did, nothing went wrong. You know, you could you could do something wicked stupid for a move and it would it would work and it was, so that probably, probably is the most, you know, meaningful, meaningful for me, so. Yeah. I remember that yeah. time. It was it was special. I mean, yeah. everybody loved Super Joe. Yeah. There was anybody that didn't like. Yeah, he'd do he'd do anything soup. for anybody. It was, you know, it was he was he was a great guy. Sometimes he got himself in some predicaments, you know, with racing and <laughs> and you know things didn't pan out the way it should. Um, um, but you know, it didn't matter if you know if somebody was mad at him. You know, I've seen people get mad at him before because he'd gotten in the way. You know, taking them out or screwed their night up. And you know, and he'd turn around if a few weeks later something was going on with a car, he'd turn around and he'd, if he had a part and he had an old handicap bus that we'd modified for a car hauler, and yeah. um, it worked great because he could put all kinds of parts in there. And I don't know how many times he'd hand out parts to people. Hand them out to us. We hundred percent know we're not coming back, but you know, it's just like here. He was the type of person that would help out. He'd go up. Um, he worked for um, Charter Communications, so he had a boom truck. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how many times he'd go up there and he'd work till dark. For Curly, you know, Curly would say, I got some lighting that needs to be done, or this and that. He'd go out there and stretch the boom out on his own time and change lights and do stuff just to help out. It was just the type of person he was. He'd, mm. he'd give a, a lending hand to anybody, you know, so. But, um, yeah, it was, it, you know, it was, it was special to say I was good friends with him, you know, and got a chance to meet him and stuff. And, and, uh, and a huge part he had in my racing career you know just helping out you know that's yeah. what he liked to do and it's true and it it helped it helped me you know so um get better so he would help anybody yeah. right in that parts trailer i still remember well, the trailer it was like an old rig like uh, yeah, yeah it had a handicap ramp. sure he took the ramp out yeah when he got it so so the, i yeah i remember asking for a certain bolt or something else had like probably just fallen off because we didn't do nothing bolt checks all that much. I mean, you yeah, know, Eddie's pretty much a stickler for that stuff, but you never know. Um, and yeah, I remember going in there, and then he he passed soon after that. And I always felt like we kind of carried that torch. Like yeah. we always had two or three of everything. Yeah, and lent out a lot of parts. And whether they came back or not, or we got new or old back yeah. or anything back, didn't really matter. Yeah. And every time, you know, something came out of our trailer, I just thought of him yeah. and I knew that that was something that was important to you know not just individuals trying to get their you know program right that night to do their very best but it was something more yeah and um, you know it was definitely to honor him as well whether you even kind of felt it or knew it you just kind of alright yeah. well someone has to step into that so I felt like I felt like we did that and yeah. we, we gave a lot of parts out to oh, people yeah. over the years oh, yeah. so uh, yeah that was kind of trying to carry on Soup's legacy so yeah yeah, I really. Uh, I'm glad you bring that up, and that, to me, that I remember your championship, and I remember that kind of win at the end, and uh, and dedicating it to him. That was really cool. So, yeah. so okay, changing gears a little bit. You did mention like doing something dumb, so I'm gonna steal uh, Justin's <laughs> favorite one. What's the dumbest thing you've ever done in a race car? Uh, spun somebody out leading a race. Mm. So, uh, I'm trying to think when it was. It weren't too many years ago. It was so stupid. Um, I was leading a race one night. Matt Smith was dogging me like crazy. We were pulling away from everybody. And I got in some lap traffic in this lap car. I went to go high to go buy him. And the <coughs> lap car slid up. Like, I think, I think, he, I mean, he still races. It's uh, Casey Collins, the 98. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he was just having a bad night. He, he apologized. And, of course, at the time, I'm madder than heck. You know, I give a <laughs> race. So, I led, like, half the race, and I give it away on the last lap. 
Um, but we talked, and I, I cooled down, and I understand. Um, you know, I was right underneath, trying to get underneath him, trying to get underneath him, and he was trying to stay low. So I said, okay, I'm going to the outside before Matt gets out there. So I got out there. He went up to get out of my way, but I was already up there. Uh, yeah. It let Matt get underneath me, and he only beat me by just a little bit. You know, it was enough to hold me up. Yeah. So the flagger said, if you if you are ever in that boat again, um, and the lap car is not obeying the, not obeying the flag, you have the right to do whatever you need to do to get him out of the way. I said, so, like, knock him out of the way, spin him, what are you trying to say? And he said, anything you anything you need hmm. to do. So I'm like, okay. A few years later, leading the race, just driving away from everybody, and I felt so stupid. I come up on a pack of lap cars, it was like four or five of them, all racing, and I watched them as I, as I was catching them. The flagger's hmm. like throwing his arm out of his socket, you know, just trying to wave the flag. And they're like two by two, and I'm like, what am I going to do? Hmm. I go to the outside, I'm going to, you know, it's... Lose a car. Yeah, I'm gonna lose a car because <laughs> they're gonna end up. You know, they're not getting out of the way. Yeah. So I'd gotten up. Um, it was uh, his name is uh, J T Belanger. He runs mm-hmm. a Tiger now. It was, rookie, it was his rookie year. So I come off the corner, and I was gonna bump him just a little bit to see if like maybe just to let him know I was there. You know, the leader's coming. You know, maybe he'd get down of the way. Well, when I went to bump him, coming off the corner, he's running a Mustang. Hmm. The nose of my car got right up underneath the back of his bumper, and I bumped him a little harder than I had planned and spun him out. Kasha comes out. They put me to the tail end <sighs> with, like, three laps to go, and I, that was the dumbest thing I'd ever done. But at the time, I was focused on what was going on in front of me, trying to figure out where I was going to go to get through them. Yeah. And afterwards, uh, my crew chief's like, you know how far ahead of everybody you were? I'm like, no. I mean, we're talking a handful of laps left. He's like, you were, like, almost straight away ahead of everybody. <laughs> But we just rode passed, around behind them, right? We passed yeah. so many lap cars, you know. I remember looking at my mirror and you seeing cars tell. there. Yeah. And know. I'm like, I don't know who's who. I'm just trying to get through and make sure I, nobody passes me. Especially if you're you're the late show and oh, it's yeah. dark. Oh, like, yeah. Like, you don't freaking oh, yeah. know just where you are. To, I've been in the middle. With. Yeah, oh, yeah. You're in the middle of the bee's nest. You don't know what the hell's yeah, going yeah. on or who's chasing you or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Especially with those old lights, right? Like, oh, yeah. those old lights, if you were the late show, you didn't know what the hell's going on. You just go... Yeah. Go as hard as you can. Yeah. You only got 25 laps. You might as well use up yeah, that was what a, you got. That's the dumbest thing I've ever done, probably. Yeah, that that's a bummer. It doesn't take much to get those Mustangs out of shape. No. And then if you, you know, the breaking points or the lift points are just so different between the two yeah. to get through the corners that it doesn't take much of a yeah. mistake for anybody. Just slid. I, could, I, I remember watching his bumper cover as I got up to bump him. Just let him know I was there. I remember watching his bumper cover, the whole back of the car raise up. And I'm like, <laughs> for a brief second, I'm like, I'm underneath the back bumper of that car. And, of course, mm. picked the wheels up. Sure. And around he went. Yeah. And, yeah, he wasn't very happy. A few weeks later, we, we had run in together, and we both understood where we were at. So, um, But, yeah, it was that was definitely stupid. Well, remember episode one of the Crunch Punch? That, that's how Thunder and I met as I spun him out of the lead because I did the same thing. I came into the corner. I had never won anything. I hadn't done oh, yeah. anything and just kind of – Got in really hot, and he had either made a mistake or had to check up something. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and you know, I spun him. We both bent to the rear, and that was that was uh, you know, there was a lot of bumper tag and a lot of oh, middle yeah. fingers. And oh yeah, I've been in a running like that with Thunder before. <laughs> same same ordeal. You know, running really well, and it was a fifty lapper. Um, I mean, this is probably another, this is another stupid moment, but um, not not as good as the not as doesn't top the last one. Uh, 50 lapper, I'm leading for a while. Thunder gets by me in traffic, following him, and I was way faster than him. I go to the outside, and you know, thun- I could see Thunder in that big mirror, and he'd, he'd block me, and he'd block me, and I was like, man, he's not going to let me by easy. 
in the last lap, take the white flag, going to one and two. I don't know if he got loose or what, but I'm just hounding him, hoping he makes a mistake. And we go into one and two, and he washes up high mm. and leaves the door wide open. And I dove in there to take it while there was a lap car. Um, somebody had spun out, and they were just coming back onto the track. And I was uh. right up to his door. And he's running the same line as he had been in the lap car. We kind of all went into turn three together. I didn't touch the lap car, but I door-checked him, spun him out, caution come out. I crossed the line first, but they penalized me because of caused the caution. Mm. You know, it's just another dumb moment, but threw that one away too. So. <laughs> oh, that's crazy, though. I mean, winning is so hard, and for you to have 13 of those yeah. damn things. And even, you know, and most racers remember the ones they threw oh, yeah, away, I've thrown, right? I've thrown a few away. That that's I mean that speaks to your accomplishments for sure. That's it's not easy to do. So uh, you talk about Thunder. Who would you call your your biggest rival? Of course, it seems like every year it's somebody else. You know, it's <laughs> okay. You got a long list. Let's no, go no, through it. <laughs> not really, but um, you know, if you're if you're like just digging as much as you can every week, and you got that one person that's just by far faster than everybody else. You know, that's like not really putting a target on him, but that's the guy you got to beat every week. Mm. Um, and I beat myself up. Sometimes I just I expect more of myself, and I drive sometimes way too hard. Um, I like to try to I like to try to take care of my equipment, not do stupid things. <laughs> but um, you know sometimes it's just like, you know I know the car's got more. I know I can do more, but it's just not that night. You know. Yeah. And I I, do know I just beat myself up for, you know finishing thirteenth. You know it might have been what we had for a car. We might have started farther back, but just traffic or whatever. Um, so it's like, uh, you know, Thunder and I have been kind of rivals. Um, we've had a couple run-ins. Um, probably probably the, the real rival that stands out, you know, is probably, you know, I've had one in, when I ran Warriors, um, um, Travis Hall. I was leading points for like three quarters of the year in the Warriors back when they had points. Mm. And uh, Hall was dogging me and dogging me and dogging me. <clears throat> and it was like we were finishing top three every week it seemed like the two of us it was all who was in front of the other one mm. to you know made a difference on the points and I ended up getting he ended up taking me out in the heat race and that was the night I lost the points so he took me out in the heat race and I got tangled up with somebody else later on that night in the feature finished like you know I say a bad finish fifth he won <laughs> but that was enough that where I lost the championship out of that the following year I finished second to Bunker Hodgson I finished second to Travis Hole the following that next year um so that one, that one burned me for a long time. Because I remember the conversation we had earlier, right, second race of the season, He's, we were both pretty quick. I had a Volkswagen that was probably better than it should have been. He had an Escort that was by far better than it should have been. Um, and we had a conversation. He said, we can do this. I think I was leading the points then. He said, we can do this one, way, or one, one of two ways. We can race each other hard and have it be at that, or we can knock each other out of the way. It's your choice. And I felt that night in August, he decided which way we were going to go. He knocked me out of the way, and he had the points lead. And uh, I tried like heck to get him back, but it seemed like it never panned out for me. So um, probably that is a pretty big rival that I had way, way back in the day. Um, Bunker Hodgson and I, it seemed like for a number of years, we just had a beef with each other. We'd talk in the pits. The messed up thing was we would help each other out if we had to, you know. Hey, you got this, you got that. But we got on the racetrack, it was like the chin strap was so tight, just cut the circulation off. <laughs> seemed like we ran into each other quite a few times, or he'd block me, and I'd not try to knock him out of the way. And So, yeah, probably 
out of all my career, I've had I've had three, but probably the most one was uh, the biggest one was um, the Travis Hole deal because I hmm. was you know just it burned me so bad for so long just of the conversation we had, and then he showed his hand the night he knocked me out of the way, and he I was leading the heat race last lap, he just punted me out of the way, put us both the tail end, and then you know I was so mad the feature I just thought I had to win it. You know, I had to prove something. I had to, you know, I had to stay ahead of him and I ended up getting tangled up with something and had a, not a great finish and he won and, you know, I changed the points from there on out and I lost championship. And I know but you learned something, right? You learned that, okay, if I drive emotional, I drive over top oh, of yeah. what I got for equipment and yeah, I'm not yeah. thinking when I'm doing it, that yeah. these are the bad outcomes that can yeah. happen. And that has to have been something that was formative to putting you in a position to be a much better driver. Yeah, I think, I mean, better, you know, I think so. I mean, I try to race everybody with respect, but the longer you race people, the longer, the better you know how to race them and how they race you. Hmm. You know, I raced against you. You always ran me good. I was ran, you know, I tried to always run you good, you know. Um, I'm sure we've made contact over the years. Um, you know, there's certain people you know. Um, Tim Hunt, most recent one, has told me more than once when he raced. He said up one night uh, a couple years ago, he won. I finished second. I think Brandon Gray was third. Opening, it was the first Thursday night. It was when COVID really kind of started. It was just before COVID, I guess it was. Um, and Tim Hunt had said it then, and he said it two or three times before uh, opening day. We talked about it. And he's like, I always loved racing against you because I knew either you would get to the outside of me and you wouldn't use me up trying to pinch me down, mm-hmm. or I could get to the outside of you and you'd give me room, just the respect part. So yeah. to have somebody like, you know, like that come out and say, you know, you always were good, good to me racing means a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. I always tried to, you know, I'm, I, I don't get me wrong, I've pinched people. I've maybe run them up a little higher and stuff. That's racing, man. That's racing, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's racing. And when it gets done to you, you're like, oh, you're a dirtbag, you know. You get all <laughs> mad. But, um, you know, I try to race everybody clean. You know, I've had, not this last year, because we had, kind of had a rough 2021. 20, um, but, so we ran the car in 2019. So 2020, we put a new body on the car. Ran it all year. Really didn't have to paint the car. Had a couple scuff marks. We repainted the side of the car. Never touched the body panel. So we ran it in 2020. We ran it all of 21 on the same body. So we ran two years on the same body. Basically just put a little paint on it and that was it. The driver's side vinyl was all the same. That's amazing. So (laughs) other than painting the bumpers, you know, from just, you know, the bumping in traffic and stuff, you know, getting bottlenecked up. We ran two years on the same body and basically only painted one side and two bumpers of the car. And then last year we trashed the body and had to put a new one on. But <laughs> it was due. Yeah, but uh, you know, I just I try to be clean. You know, I try to race yeah. with respect. Doesn't always pan out that way, but I try. You know, sometimes. So yeah. Well, it's funny because you think about rivalries, and it oftentimes is, you know, people that you're you're driving near. So like, we've shared the top five in points for like a whole season or two or three seasons yeah. together. Just, but I don't. And maybe you remember because I don't. I have a poor memory, but maybe you have <laughs> memories. But everyone else that I think I've interviewed, from Thunder and how we met, to like Dave Whitcomb flipping me off after he teamed, like he actually chopped me pretty good. Yeah. Like, I feel like I've had like run-ins with. You just do it over time because you're just in the same spot. Yep. You're all fast. You're in the top five. You're just gonna be around each other yep. with a handicap. But I don't really remember anything kind of any dust-ups that we've ever had no i don't think so i don't remember i mean it's good right remember we were both involved in a couple wrecks no, none of our own doing you know mm-hmm. uh, i think it was a night you rolled over quite a few years ago it was uh what was it uh 
Labor Day weekend? Maybe. You went over turn three. Yeah, Biffer got me. Rolled over. I was lapping him. Yeah. We got tangled up in the same wreck in turn four. I don't remember. Something happened. I, I, I think you got turned around somehow, and I ended up piling into it and stuff. We were both sitting. Your passenger side door was against my passenger side door. And we both looked over at each other, and we are like, put our hands up. and like, what the heck just happened? <laughs> I think I remember. And then you continued on. I had front-end parts that were broke, couldn't finish. And then you continued on, like, five laps later, we come in on the hook, and the body's hanging off it, and the roof's pushed down. I'm like... Did that happen in the same wreck I was in? I don't remember that. But no, I think we always we always ran together. I don't think we had other than a few tire marks. I don't think we ever really had a, you know, a knockdown drag out. So no, that's good, I guess. I think so. <laughs> For having long careers together, yeah. I think that's a pretty good yeah. thing. Because it's almost inevitable that you're just in the same yeah. spot or going for the same yeah. spot at the same time, yeah, right? You're gonna have that. So if you go back and do anything differently with your career or whatever, maybe it's the one race you're an idiot or maybe it's like your whole career, like is there anything that you'd go back and do something different? Uh, let's see. Maybe not chicken out on that Tiger deal? Yeah, that might be one. Well, I uh, get you on that. I'm, I'll give you a little gap to think, right? But because when someone else owns the stuff, yeah, like – whether you're subbing for someone or whether someone wants you to drive their stuff, like it's different. Oh yeah, it's yeah. different. If I break my stuff, I got I'll fix it, break, right? Yeah, but if I break stuff. someone else's stuff, like it's it's different. It I is. want someone else's stuff up. This is it feels different, and yeah. so that's a real fear that I think people should have. Yeah, because I think there's too many kids now that don't have that yeah. that are coming up through. They're like, there's well, I'll just build another one. There's a lot of kids. Whether it's a late model, families or, got their you know every dime invested in it, and you know that's the th- that's the thing. You know, there's if something happens to it, we'll figure it out. We'll yeah. somebody else will pay the bills on it or whatever. You know, you ain't you're not working a twelve hour, fifteen hour day and then going work on your race car. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, fixing it yourself. So I don't know. The Tiger deal probably was one of them. Um, there was there's one thing in my mind I've I've thought about more than once. Uh, it leads back to Joe Fecto. So it was 2014. It was the last year he raced. He was running. Of course, I didn't know this. I felt like a complete jack. Um, we were. I was racing Donny Yates. I remember racing Donny Yates. He had that little orange Honda, and uh, Joe Fecto was in front of me, and we were racing each other pretty hard. We kind of caught Joe, and I knew I couldn't go to the outside because Donny was out there. And mm-hmm. I was like, I can see what's going to happen. He's gonna, if we're both fast enough, that faster than Joe, he's going to pick me behind Joe. And yeah. So I kind of like Patrick Tibbetts has pointed this out very well when he first started racing he said I always know when you're behind me and you're faster because he said you came to me one time and you told me I'm going to give you a couple bumps if I get behind you I'll let you know I'm not letting you know you're you're doing anything wrong I'm just letting you know I'm faster so if you start washing up or if you're doing something be prepared for somebody to get underneath you hmm. and it's going to be so and Patrick said you know you've done that you've said that to me and you've done it you know back when he ran a Pontiac Grand Am Grand way Am. back in the day yeah, yeah, I, I think Bulldo was like crazy yeah. and and I knew if I bumped him a few times and got him to overdrive a little bit, yeah. not take him out, but just give him a little pressure, he'd wash up enough and I could get by. So Joe was holding his own. He was doing well. And I kind of like got behind him and I started bumping him a little bit, not in the corners, coming off the corner, and bumped him two or three times and I pushed him farther ahead. And I'm like, I know what we're going to do. We're going to we're gonna hang Donnie out on the outside and I'm using, we're running those good years. Oh, get him I'm gonna hot. I'm going to get those tires hot. And yeah. He's going he's gonna to hang himself out there. So I'm come off the corner and I... Bump Joe, get him shoved ahead a little bit. We did that two or three laps. 
I come off the corner and I give him a good shot, and you could watch the car lunge forward, and I would, you know, I had a little more room ahead of Donnie. And then I think Joe's tires got hot. There for a while before they had the tire rule, he ran a real low budget. So I would, stupidly was buying tires all the time. We had tires that might have a couple races on them. And I'm like, you got some tires that are bald. Here, I got tires. Just put them on. Don't worry about paint. You know, I've, I've got what I wanted out of them. So he was running some old tires, probably tires I had. And so I'm pushing him, pushing him, pushing him. And then his car starts washing up a little. I'm like, oh. You know, he's going to start holding me back. Donnie's going to, maybe his tires aren't hot enough. And he's going to start going by on the outside. So I just kept pushing the envelope a little bit, pushing him and pushing him. And I got him washed up in front of Donnie, just enough so I could get by him on the back stretch. Mm-hmm. And Donnie, see what was going on. He tucked right in behind me and went by. So I finished second that night. Donnie finished third. Joe finished fourth. Looking back at it, that was the last trophy Joe would have gotten because mm. he got sick that winter and passed away the following summer. And I, that's one thing I wish I could take back because, mm. you know, I, I just feel like I took that last, you know, maybe last good memory he had of racing away from him. You know, he he still he was he was happy. He hugged me and he was high five. He was happy I finished second. But you know, I just looking back, it's like if I could have mm. done anything over again, not been an idiot. You know. <laughs> I would have just settled for third or fourth. But at that time, point in time, we were, you know, we were hunting for first championship. You know, we were right. top three in points, and I was just trying to get that one more spot. And, but looking back, I, I wish I'd done that differently. And hmm. Just so I could say I remember his last real good moment racing, you know. Yeah. So, but I think that's probably the one thing I would take back if I could. Nah. That probably saying some words to people that <laughs> you, when you're mad and you come <laughs> off the track, you know, I'd like take some of those back too, but. That's a great story. That's a great story. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I really, I'm uh, really grateful. We brought up yeah. Super Joe a bunch of times yeah. because he deserves it. Yeah. Um, so, this segment, the one we've all been waiting for, you know what's coming. Oh, yeah. It's wiener time, right? It's brought to you by Barry Tile and Barry Vermont. Check them out for all your flooring needs. Tell them the Crunch Bunch sent you. And, um... You know, those that know about street stock racing at Thunder Road know William Hennequin, but probably know him better as Wiener. So, Jamie, uh, you have to admit, he's one of the most exciting drivers we've ever raced with. So, uh, <laughs> what's your favorite? And if you got more than one, because you've been racing against Wiener forever, uh, what's your favorite Wiener Hennequin story? Oh, I got tons. You've already heard about the whole, you know about the whole putting gas in the race car and he's smoking a smoking cigarette. Oh, yeah, the picture still gets oh, my around. Lord. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We've had some. We've made contact a few times. I mean, everybody has a wiener because he's just out of control, holding it for all it's worth, you know? Yeah, Kevin um, Campbell used to say he hits everything but the lottery. Oh, he does. <laughs> um, and he's had some really fast cars over the years. Oh, yeah? Just destroyed them. Oh, yeah. You know, just drive, overdriving them. Sure. Um, he's hung up on a jersey barrier off of... Oh, yeah. Well, before the new walls there. Oh, and just yeah. on with the old uh, tree that was there. Yeah. And there was a jersey barrier kind of protecting the tree. Yeah, oh, it yeah. couldn't protect it from oh, wiener. Yeah. He, he somehow mounted his Mustang on top of that jersey bear. So, yeah, he finds a way. Yeah. Uh, I, I got two probably that really stand out. I mean, there's, there's a lot of them I remember. Sure. So, one of them has something to do with racing, and one has something to do with getting to the racetrack. Okay. So, racing uh, brings back to 2015, uh, M&M Beverage Night. Um, we had a pretty good car. We were running top three, and I was thinking, you know, this is going to be another one of those years that we got top three trophy. We won't win the thing. So... I was, it was, uh, Jamin Perry was leading it and Wiener was running second. Mm-hmm. 
and I was catching them. They were in heavy lap traffic. We were getting through traffic. And I was catching them, catching them, catching them. So, like, within a few laps, I really caught them. So, I'm behind Wiener. Uh, Perry kid's in front of him. We go into turn one. The Perry kid goes up high. Wiener's kind of running in the middle, and they get some wicked heavy traffic. So, I come up on Wiener, like, really fast, and I'm, like, let off the gas. And I'm getting on the brake so I wouldn't run into him. And I'm, like, this whole bottom of the racetrack's wide open. They're in traffic. Traffic's all migrated up towards the middle of the top, and this whole hmm. bottom's open. So I dove underneath of him. So I think Wiener realized what was happening when I got underneath of him. And he comes down to block, and we're like door-to-door, bouncing off each other. He's got me down in the – I got a picture of it actually at home. I got from somebody at Thunder Road. It was a sponsor flyer for the following week, and it had a whole bunch of stats in there and stuff. And on the front of the paper, it was just a, a photocopy paper stapled together. It had – the weeks before event and it showed three of us three wide for the for lead and lap cars in front so wiener's got me like right sides down below the painted line mm-hmm. he's like in the rumble strips and perry boy's <clears> way <throat> up all by himself so we get together i get by him down the back stretch we win the race we you know caution comes out for something and we get a green white check and I win the race so he was so mad at me because he said you passed me in the grass i'm like no i didn't pass you in the grass you pushed me down there so um Kevin Streeter was behind us. And Kevin's like, no, Wiener. He said, you had left the bottom open. When he got beside you, you come down and pushed him like two car widths down <laughs> into the grass to try to block him. And he just had enough momentum to get get away from you before we got in the next corner. So I remember that. That was Wiener's story. He was, I mean, I'm sure if you bring it up. I he, think I remember that conversation in the pits because I'm like, I got to come over and listen to yeah, this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he's brought it up just recently. He's, he's brought it up before. Actually, I think we were painting the race car this year. And he ended up stopping in, and we and somehow brought it up how I passed him in the grass, and it was illegal. <laughs> but I won the race; I got the trophy, so it's you can't fair. Take it, yeah. um, so that's a racing story, oh, and then a story about getting to the racetrack. This was back 2009, 2010. I think it was 2010. I went to White Mountain one one week, and then the following week we went to, or a couple weeks later we went to Riverside because they had the Jake McDowell race. And I wanted to go over to Riverside because I was going to run a 100 lap or street stock race. And I just wanted to go over and get some seat time because it had been quite a while since I'd been there. So I went over. So going through Hardwick, heading, heading over to Riverside. I look at my mirror and here's Wiener tailgating me <laughs> with that old green Dodge he had. Oh, I remember him. So he's like. Full of Mountain Dew cans oh and Lord. bottles in the back. Oh, my Lord. About so he's 400 like of them. Pushing me. And I'm like, we're going over through like past the turn to Cabot over to Danville. And he's like just pushing me. And I got the windows down. It's hot summer day, and you could hear him, that Dodge, just screaming. So we get over where Calkins is yeah. in Danville. Just before Calkins is that big dip in the, the road. Um, so we're heading down through, and I, I get in that dip, and here goes Wiener sailing by. And he's not even looking at the road. He's looking at me, and he's got this big smile on his face. Yeah. So he goes sailing by me. I'm like, I don't know what you're doing, but whatever. So we get down in that big, you know what I'm talking about, the big dip just for Calkins Oil. Yeah. So we come up over through, and Wiener's like pulling away from that enclosed trail in that old Dodge. So we get right before Calkins is a is a log home for that they um, they sell um, manufactured log homes, and it's mm-hmm. like a display unit. There's this car that puts a blinker on to turn across the road to the building supply company across the street. Wiener never even see the car. I thought I don't think because all of a sudden I see this car with a blinker on, and there's traffic coming towards us, and I'm like, he's gonna run that car, and I'm talking a little car like. Maybe a Prius, you know. I'm talking a small car. 
So Wiener's brake lights are on, smoke pouring out of the back of the trailer with the tires. And from where I was sitting, I see somebody in the back seat of that car turn around and look behind him. And I'm like, I'm going to see somebody get killed here. Wiener goes in the grass by this manufactured log home display. The whole trailer. Driver's side tires of the trailer are off the road in the grass. The trailer's bottoming out. You see the trailer and the truck bouncing. He goes around him. Back into the road, like roughly where Culkin's driveway starts. Back into the road. And the trailer comes out and it's bouncing. And there's this these ginormous rolls of saw just coming out beneath the trailer. So I'm like, oh my lord. He almost killed somebody. So we get we get over to St. Jane. He hits the interstate. So I'm like, oh, he's, he's going to White Mountain. So I get over to Riverside. Nope, there he is. He went around the town of St. Johnsbury. Yeah. So, and he didn't beat me up much because he was sitting lying to wait to get in the pits when I pulled up behind him. So I'm like, Wiener, what are you doing? He was like, you know, cigarette in his mouth, Mountain Dew. He's like, oh, I beat you. I'm like, you beat me? Yeah, I beat you here. I'm like, you almost killed the whole family back here in Danville. And he's like, oh, yeah. So he's telling me the story about how he jammed the brakes on, tried to avoid them, and they put the blinker on the last minute. It was always their fault. Mm-hmm. So he opens the overhead door up. We So it was David Allen... <clears throat> Wiener, David Allen, me, Tucker Williams was racing the Dodge Daytona, Daytona oh, he yeah, had yeah. way back. I'm trying to think who else was there from Thunder Road. But anyways, so they parked us. just happened to be we all got there at the same time. They parked us all together way over in the, the Mosquito Alley where they, they had a chain link fenced off now, but it was part of a swamp. Wiener opens his overhead door, his door up on his trailer. Car sitting in there. The car had shucked over so that the side skirting of the car was touching the wheel well arch on the inside the enclosed mm-hmm. trailer. There's nuts, bolts, tools all over. He opens the door up. There's stuff rolls out of the trailer. His toolbox had, the ratchet strap had unhooked or broke. His big toolbox had tipped over on the front of the car, <laughs> unloaded everything. He had to, I bet he, I bet he spent a whole hour picking stuff up before he even got the car out of the, out of the trailer. A couple of us helped him get the toolbox stood up. And I'm like, thinking about it, we raced. I can't remember. We did okay that night. I think we finished... They had quite a few cars that night. I think we finished like top five. Wiener was like right behind us. David Allen finished good. And so we're over there getting loaded up. And I was like, Wiener. So I mean, that's right. He goes to load the car. And there's still like sockets all over the floor. So he's picking stuff up. Screwdrivers so he doesn't run them over. I was like, so you out of control, past cars in the ditch, almost killed the family to beat me here by what, five minutes? I don't see where the logic was. But Wiener, in his head, it mm. was... He blew by me and he beat me to the racetrack, I think is what he was thinking. But yeah, that's, I've told that story a million times to people and, <laughs> and, and I've told it in front of Wiener and he doesn't, doesn't deny it at all. So yeah. Anyway. yeah, well we know he needs to win every lap of, of practice, oh, so beating you to the track doesn't actually surprise me at all. I put four brainer tires on and burn them up in practice. <laughs> oh, you know, by the time the feature rolls around, they're, they're wore out, so. Oh my God. So, yeah, I don't think he's changed much. I think he's the same guy. Yeah. Oh, well, what's he going to do? Yeah. Well, that's a good one. And I, I appreciate you having two of them. Um, Wiener. What are you going <laughs> to do? Well, I always like to kind of bring these things in for a landing yep. around gratitude. Um, and so who do you have to thank most for your racing career? Uh, I hate to say it, a lot of people. You know, mm-hmm. I've always been fortunate to have really good sponsors. And I've always been fortunate to be able to find good sponsors I've had for a long time you know I had a um, when I ran Enduros from 97 to 2000 2013 maybe I had one sponsor that was a hood sponsor at one time or it was an associate sponsor they were with me for years you know they stood behind me for a long time until they retired um, my work 
It's um, okay to say who they are, too. Yeah, it, it was most of a campground. <laughs> okay. um, St. Johnsbury. Yeah. Um, my work used to be McMahon Chevrolet. Uh, now it's Lamoiva Chevrolet. With uh, It was originally Tom Crow owned it. Now it's Dan Keene and, and his brother Pat with some other partners. Um, they've been they've been behind me for 12 years now. Mm-hmm. Started out as an associate sponsor. Now they're a primary sponsor. Um, you know, just had... I've been fortunate enough to have sponsors that I've been able to have for a long time. And I think a lot of that is, you know, a lot of people, and this is another part, talking about seeing how people are going to last in the sport. You got people that get sponsors and they just they just show up when they want the money. Hmm. You know, that's going to turn any business. I think if I was a business owner, it's going to turn me away. You know, I always try to touch base with them as much as I possibly can. Um, every year at the end of the year, we give them whatever we have for a trophy from the banquet, a picture. Every year, I got sponsors. I got pictures of the Wazoo. Um, I try to touch base with them uh, as much as I can. I try to, you know, um, I try to always make sure the car is touched up. You know, if I own a business and you couldn't read my name on the car, it'd be, you know, it's defeating mm-hmm. the purpose. Mm-hmm. I always try to make sure stuff is touched up so you can visibly see the sponsors on the car, you know, so it's actually working for them. Um, I try to, like, I try to get the car to my sponsor's locations. You know, of course, with COVID, it was hard to do. You know, people mm-hmm. not being able to, you know, people are trying to stay away from everything. But, you know, this year we got a couple of places we're going to put the car. If things work out, you know, just on display to kind of try to advertise what we're doing with Thunder Road. Try to get some people that maybe see the car, you know, at the track to mm-hmm. maybe drive by and say, oh, look, you know, try to get them to maybe get out, look at the car and, They'll be at the you know sponsored location, maybe get some business out of it or something. Mm-hmm. Um, just trying to, you know, I just been fortunate to have sponsors for a long time. Uh, Ken Libby used to be Stowe Sto Realty when I first started running the street stocks. He was on my hood for many years, and then I went to a primary. I uh, went to a he was a primary sponsor, and then he went to um, associate sponsor, and then he kind of retired, got bought out by his business partners, started over. So now it's. Um, uh, it was Stowe Area Realty, and now it's um, uh, KW Vermont Stowe Realty. Um, he's got some new sponsors, uh, some new partners. Um, they've merged and changed the logo and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I've been fortunate. I've been very fortunate to have a lot of people that have been behind me for a lot of years um, and supported me. And that makes makes it so much easier. Um, so I, I'm grateful for that. Um, even though me and my wife have had more than one uh, disagreement about racing. <laughs> you know, she stood behind me a lot. You know, the two years I won championships, you know, she see that we had, you know, just had the luck, things going our way. She was a lot more forgiving and, and, and worked with me a lot more, you know, <laughs> with, with the race car working on it or whatever. Um, so, you know, grateful for that. My my daughter, Brianna, she's 22. You know, she's been since she was old enough to get into pits. You know, she's yeah. been there. She loves it. She's ran an enduro once. Oh, um, she did? That's yeah, awesome. over to Bradford. Um, nice. Years ago, we bought. I bought a car for her. And uh, from, um, who the heck was it? It was uh, the 56 Tiger. Look, LaForce. Uh, LaForce. He had yeah. a Impala. I bought it for her. I was like, we're going to, you know, she wanted to do an enduro. So we're going to do the Bradford enduro. There's a lot less cars. First time, she pulls, you know, they draw a position. She pulls out of the hat. Pull. She did well. She didn't tear it up. She stayed out of everybody's way. Got a couple of scuff marks. I felt bad for the kid. She ran the whole enduro. Um, she did okay. And then come off the racetrack. She sat so low in the car, there was a bumper laying on the pits, pit road. And she come off the racetrack. It was kind of dark. Ran over the bumper, put a hole in the transmission pan. Oh, geez. That was the end of it. Oh, man. <laughs> 
But, um, you know, she's been very supportive. I've she's had. always there. I, I yeah. remember her always being yeah. there, yeah. right? She's yeah. always right there, which yeah. is really cool. Sometimes she gets a little worked up. I got to calm okay. down, but it's the way it yeah. is. Uh, so Family, had, that's what happens. Yeah. Really, yeah. I've had some good people, real good people, support me over the years. You know, like I said, Joe Fecto, he mm. was a huge part of it. Uh, so I've been very fortunate to have good people surround me. You know, I've always been able to surround myself with good people to, to keep going. You know, you see people that, you know, have disagreements with the crews or, you know, however it works out, and they just peter off. You know, they don't have that support. So I've been very fortunate for that. Hmm. Yeah, and I think um, being able to share some advice maybe for, for younger drivers and how you treat your sponsors, I think that's something yeah. to really take forward out of our conversation for them today. And I always think um, gratitude is something that we don't do enough of. It doesn't cost anything to be kind. It doesn't cost anything to say thank you. Yeah. Um, and that's why it's something I think we should all do more. And I think you did a wonderful job with it. Um, and maybe, like I said, even maybe filled in some blanks for some other folks on how they can do a oh, better yeah. job as long yeah. as they don't take your sponsor. That's right. That's right. <laughs> We're always a little bit <laughs> leery about these things. Yeah. Um, so there you have it, folks. It's, the, uh, it's another edition of the Crunch Bunch Podcast. I want to thank Jamie Davis for being my guest. Um, wish you the best of luck with the remainder of the season at Thunder Road and that 43 team and the family and what other racing endeavors you might have. So um, appreciate you sitting down with us. Cool. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Yeah. So this has been the Crunch Bunch Podcast, an Uncommon Media production. Be sure to follow, like, and share the Uncommon Deeds podcast on all social media platforms and let us know how we're doing and who we should talk to next. Lastly, be sure to check out our friends at Goss Dodge and Barry Tile. And thank you all for listening. Stay awesome and see you at the track.